Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. I saw the light. The Bible says that the God of this world has blinded the minds of those that believe not. That is, we know as the devil, he is the ruler of this world at the current age. He has blinded the minds of those that believe not. And the Bible says, lest the glorious light of the gospel of Jesus Christ should shine into their life, they will never be able to see. Amen. Jesus is truly the light of the world. Amen. This is the last Sunday, the last day of 2023. Some of us can say, thank God it's over. Amen. (laughs) Some of us could say it's flown by. Some of us can say it's went by rather slow. Um, some, of our, some of you might be able to say you've had a good year, and some of you had to have to say it's been a very tough year. But God has saw us through nevertheless. The Lord has made a way for us to get through another year. I'm always uh, talking about it. Some of you might think I'm still young, but some of you think I'm pretty old. I notice I'm at that midway point where some of you think, well, you're just a young man. And some of you in the congregation think that I'm a past middle aged. (laughs) Maybe I can speak to everybody then for a little while. I always told Brittany that when my hair starts going gray, maybe people start listening to me. And uh, now it's getting a little gray. So maybe, maybe some of you will start listening to me. Amen. But it does seem like as I get older, the years are getting harder. Maybe because you're more aware, I don't know. Maybe because you realize the problems people face. But we need the Lord to get through a year, don't we? We absolutely do. And thank God he saw us through another year. Uh, This being the last day of the year, it's a good time to make a New Year's resolution. And I brought with me to the pulpit a Bible reading plan. A 52-week Bible reading plan. And you can start today. This this plan breaks the Bible up into different sections. You have the epistles. On one day you read the law. On another day you read history. Another day you read the Psalms. On Wednesday you read the Psalms all year long. On Thursday you read the poetry sections of the Bible. That's Job, Proverbs, Ecclesiastes, the Song of Solomon. On Friday you read the Prophecy. Prophecy books of the Bible, and on Saturday, you read the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And I have, I have these printed out, and they're on the table back there in the vestibule. So today, if you start, which is a good day to start, it's never a bad day to start reading the Bible. Today, if you start, you can read the Bible through in a year. And today, all you'd have to read is Romans chapter 1 and 2. And when you read Romans chapter 1 and 2, there's a little box. You just check that off, and you've already, you're already on your way. Tomorrow, you'll have to read Genesis. You'll get to read Genesis chapter 1 through 3. And so there's other Bible reading plans. If, uh, if you like a different one, go for it. Amen. This is one I've done before. It's, I liked it a lot. I like checking off little boxes. And by the time you're in September, I mean, you're well on your way. Think about it. You can read the Bible through in a year. You absolutely can. If you think about how much TV we watch, how much screen time we have throughout the week, you can absolutely do it. It's just math. 
you have time to do it, I want to encourage you to do it. If you've never done it, I really want to encourage you to do it. And look, if you get mixed up and it takes you 14 months, praise the Lord, you read the Bible through in 14 months. So don't, don't make this a heavy yoke upon you that becomes a, a burden instead of a joy. But you can read the Bible through in a year. And I want to encourage you to do it. Your life will change when you start reading the Bible. And when you read the Bible and you start believing the Bible and you start doing what the Bible says, you'll see your life change in a remarkable way. God has a lot to say. And some of you might think, well, you know, God's never spoken to me. I would ask, have you ever really seriously read the Word of God? Because God speaks through the Bible. So I want you as your pastor, because it's good for you. It'd be a benefit to your life. I want you to read your Bible. I think it'll be the, one of the most life-changing things that it is. The, it could be more transformational than anything you could ever do. I want to encourage you to read the Bible this year. You could do it in a year, 20 minutes a day, sometimes less than that. And you could be one of those people... As a Christian, when you meet the Lord Jesus one day, you can say, I read your book. I've read the whole Bible. I've heard some people say, you can't read the Bible through in a year. Yes, you can. You sure can. And I, I encourage you to do it. So that's back there in the vestibule. If you want a different plan, you've got a Bible app on your phone, go for it. But I want to encourage you to do it. Your life will change and God will bless you. Let's take our Bibles now. Turn to the book of Psalms, chapter 90. Psalms, chapter 90. We're going to, we've taken a break, obviously, during the holidays, last couple of weeks, through our preaching, through the life of Abraham. Maybe we'll do it next week, too. We'll get back on that soon. Proverbs chapter number 9, excuse me, Psalms chapter number 90, and we're going to look at verse number 9. This being the last day of the year, I thought it'd be fitting to consider, consider our lives, consider the time that we have left. Think about it, we went through another year. That's one year gone that you have. That's one year less that you get to live. You've already lived it. You'll not get it back. <clears throat> you won't get 2023 back. It's gone. Tonight when the ball drops, it's forever gone. Whatever happened, happened. Uh, you can't get it back. You can't go back in time. This is it. So that's one less year you get to live. You think about your life. That's one more year that's gone. And you'll never get it back I was thinking when I was preparing for this sermon, that song, I believe it's a song, it's almost more of a uh, maxim now it seems, there's only one life to live, it'll soon be passed, only what's done for Christ will last, won't it? We only got one life, we better make the best of it, and the book of Psalms chapter 90 has something to say about that subject. So Psalms 90, verse number 9, if you're there say amen, <clears throat> let's look together. The Bible says in verse 9, For all our days are passed away in thy wrath. We spend our years as a tale that is told. So we spend our life, it's like a story. We're living a story. And if you think about stories, there's chapters of our lives. We spend our lives as a tale that is told. And one of these days, our lives are going to be over. You know, in two generations, nobody will even know your name. You might have a picture Maybe you'll be the great-grandfather of somebody, and there might be a picture of you in a shoebox in their closet that they've seen twice in their whole lifetime. We're going to spend our lives as a tale that is told. Look at verse number 12. 
So since that's true, so teach us to number our days, the Bible says, that we may apply our hearts to wisdom. Our Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for this day. We thank you, God, for getting us through the holiday season. And Lord, if if Westside's like me, Lord, I am tired and I am wore out and I am overfed and have little sleep. God, you've brought us here this day. And Lord, I pray that you would help us during this sermon, Lord, to relax in your house, to redeem the time, to take advantage, Lord, of the time that you've given us here. And Lord, realizing that you could speak to us this morning, and Lord, you could change our lives by the Word of God. Lord, we love you, we praise you, and thank you. And Lord, help us to realize this subject and this passage and this truth, that our life is quickly fading away. And Lord, we better make the best of it while we're here. We love you, Jesus, and praise you. In your name, Lord, we ask these things. Amen. Over the years, many of you all, there's been several of you that have said some pretty interesting things to me that have stuck. I remember one time, I just bought a house, I think I've shared this before, but Sister Pat Branch out there on the front porch, she asked me, did you just buy a house? I found out I just got a mortgage, I didn't buy a house. She said, did you get a house? And I said, yes. And Pat told me that if you double your first payment, it'll take a year off a 30-year loan. And I thought, that can't be true. I looked it up, she's right. Also found out if you pay, if you could scrape up the money, if you pay an extra payment a year, that takes eight years off a 30-year mortgage. I thought, that can't be true. That's true. You listening, young people? That's true. You know, you think, well, that, that seems like an awful long time, 30 years. You realize now, Pat, that was almost 20 years ago you told me that? And look how fast time goes by, don't it? I remember one day I came to the altar and God was dealing with me. I had a good pastor, amen. And God was dealing with me to do something for him. And I remember those times. Those were exciting times and scary times, Jace. God wanted me to do something for him. And those were, uh, those were anxious times, exciting times. And I remember I went to the altar to pray about that subject because I wanted to make sure what God wanted for me, if it was, it's a big deal at the time, and it certainly was, I wanted to be sure that's what God wanted for my life. And you know, young people, you should think about that because God wants to do something with your life. And for anybody, for that matter, no matter who you are, God has a plan for your life. Amen? And you need to follow God's plan. There's a way that seems right to you, but it's not a good plan. And trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not upon your own understanding, for He will direct thy path. Amen? And I remember Brother Wiley told me, I got done praying. He had no idea what I was praying about. But looking back, I must have thought, he must have thought that God was up to something. Because whenever a young person turns their heart to God, God is up to something. Amen? And young people, turn your hearts to Jesus. Amen? You do it. And God will make something out of your life. You'll have a life worth living. Amen? Older people, you turn to Jesus Christ with all of your heart and watch God do something in your life. And I remember I was a teenager, 
And Brother Wiley came up to me and said, if you're going to do something for God, you better do it. If not, you'll never be happy. That's what he told me. And Brother Wiley, could you believe that's been over 20-something years ago that Brother Wiley told me that? You see, what happens today can affect your life later on, can't it? It certainly can. And what you hear today can have a lifelong impact later on down the road. Because it's true, ain't it, Nelda? 20 years goes by fast, don't it? I mean, over 20 years, it's been over 20 years since I graduated high school. You believe that, Hayden? And it's been a long time getting through the fourth grade, I bet. <laughs> I mean, it'll be gone like that. It sure will, won't it? I remember uh, Junior Pratt, who recently was celebrating his birthday. And so I like to pick his brain. You know why? Because he's lived longer than me. And he knows more about life than me. He's lived twice as long as I have. And so I asked him. It was his birthday. And I said, I said, it's went by fast, hasn't it? And I think he's 92, is that correct? I said, I, how, how does it feel to be 92? That's what I was asking. And he said, you know what he told me? He said, it's went by like a day. He's 92. You know what Junior Pratt told me after that? He said this to me. Now, I'm a kid to him. He said, listen to me. If you're going to do something, you'd better do it. If you're going to do something, he said, you'd better do it. And he's 92 years old. And you know what he's saying? He said, I've spent my life as a tale that's told. And I'm and 92 years old, he's telling us, now I'm telling you, listen to me, he's saying, your life is going to go by in a second. And it'll be gone, won't it? If you've lived, if you're past 20 years old, you can testify, I don't know where my life has gone. We were in Sunday school in the, in the middle age class. Some people might say the young person's class. And we were talking about that. I don't have, it seems like my 20s, I can't hardly remember many of them. My 30s, the messy middle, we started having children. I started getting tired. I couldn't watch TV anymore. I found out when you have kids, you can't watch TV anymore. You don't have money anymore. You don't have time anymore. You don't have energy anymore. And the 30s were just a blur to me. And they're gone, aren't they? My mother might not like this. I remember when my mother turned 40 years old, and a year and a half ago, I turned 40 years old. Life is here today and it's gone tomorrow, isn't it? We spend our life as a tale that is told. So teach us, God says what? Verse 12, so teach us to number our... Notice it doesn't say years. It doesn't say months. It says days. Teach us to number our days that we might apply our hearts unto wisdom. We're running out of time, folks. The Bible has a lot to say about the, the shortness of life. In the book of James, if you want to turn there, young people, James chapter number 4, it's in your, it's in your New Testament. James chapter number 4. It's right before, right before the book of 1 Peter. James chapter number 4. Look at verse number 13. James chapter 4, verse 13. The Bible speaks about a man that's making plans. 
And in James chapter 4, a man is making a plan. And he says this, Go to now ye, to, ye that say, tomorrow, Today or tomorrow we will go into such a city and continue there a year and we'll buy and sell and get gain. So the man says, hey, next year, tomorrow we're going to spend a year in this city. We're going to do business. We're going to buy real estate, sell real estate. We're going to buy tools, sell tools. i got an insurance policy to sell, et cetera, et cetera. We're going to buy and sell and get gains. So here's what the man's doing in James chapter 4. He's making plans for 2024. That's what he's doing. He said, in 2024, we're going to do this, we're going to do that. i got this to buy, that to buy, this business to run. But look what happens in verse 14. Whereas you know not what shall be on the morrow. For what is your life, James says. Listen, listen carefully. And we're so resistant to this idea that you may not live tomorrow. Do you know you could pass away tomorrow? Do you realize that? You might not live through the month of January. And that seems so absurd to us, don't it? It seems almost some hearts might be offended that I would even insert into your mind the idea that you will not make it through the year on earth. Proverbs says, Boast not thyself against tomorrow, for thou knowest not what a day may bring. James 4.14 Whereas you know not what shall be on tomorrow, for what is your life James says it is even a vapor. It's like fog in the morning that appeareth for a little time and then vanisheth away. That's what your life is like. It's but a vapor. Here today and gone tomorrow. In Psalms chapter number 39, right in the middle of your Bible, in Psalms chapter number 39, David is praying a prayer and he's praying and he's asking the Lord to show him how short his life is. What a spiritual thing to pray. David is praying, oh God, teach me how short my life is. Help me to realize the, 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 the shortness of my time on earth. In Psalms 39, verse 4, David says, Lord, make me to know mine end and measure the days of my life, what it is that I, may, that I may know how frail I am. What a spiritual prayer that you and I should be praying. Lord, help me to know mine end. Help me, Lord, to measure my days. Help me, Lord, that I may know how frail that I am. He has an understanding that his life on earth is temporary. It's fleeting. It's, it's, it's but a vapor. And David is praying that God would help him. Why? Because we're so resistant to the idea that you are going to die. And David is praying that God would help him to realize that I need to understand how short my time on earth really is. Verse 5. Behold, thou hast made my days as a handbreadth, and my age is nothing before thee. Verily, every man at his best state is altogether vanity. Selah. What does that mean? I remember when I was in high school, 
I was, they made me run. I played sports. I could run. I could jump. I could dunk a basketball. I could outrun most people. I was strong. I was fast. I was confident. I was sure of myself. I didn't have aches. I didn't have woes. I didn't, I didn't have a, the plantificiatus in my feet. I didn't have a torn meniscus in my right knee. I didn't have none of those things and I was strong and confident. I felt like I was invincible. You remember those days? I remember Bunny used to say, I could run the hills. I remember those days. I remember Bunny telling us, I could play football with the best of them. I remember those days. You remember those days? And David says, all of that is vanity. The best that I was was vanity. It didn't last long, did it? Time, folks, is running out, isn't it? And Junior Pratt is right. If you're going to do something, you'd better do it because you are running out of time. Amen? Amen. Our text says to teach us to number our days. What does that mean? It means because you're running out of time, you'd better start making the best of the time you've got. You'd better start living a wise and meaningful life that we may apply our hearts unto wisdom. Since time is running out, we better start living a life of meaning and purpose because our days are short. It's like a tale that is told. Teach us to number our days. Make the best of each day. Live for this day. Make this day meaningful. Make this day have purpose. Make this day have eternal significance. That's what it means. This day should matter. And it does matter. This day is important. And it is. Because we might not live tomorrow that we may apply our hearts to wisdom. You better live a life worth living because if not, you are running out of time. I've thought about how many years I've wasted, haven't you? How many days I've spent doing nothing? How many hours have just went away into meaningless oblivion? How much praying I could have done? How much Bible reading I could have done? How many people I could have told about the Lord and I did not and I missed my window of opportunity? How many times I didn't realize it? I was listening at the time of my youth. From where I consider it now, a prophet was among us and I knew it not. And this man was pouring his heart out to me and he was preaching the Gospel and I know now from experience he prayed all week long and he studied the Scriptures and he begged God that he could deliver it the way that God showed it to him. And he prayed and he prayed and he prayed. And how many times I could have had the opportunity that God could have spoke to me and I wasted my time in meaninglessness. How many wasted years I've lived. God, help us to not waste our lives. Because if we do, we won't even realize we're doing it. It's so fast. And before we know it, the advice that Sister Pat gave me on the front porch is 20 years in the rearview mirror before we know it. We spend our days as a tale that is told. So teach us to number our days and apply our hearts to wisdom. Normally this is a sermon about New Year's resolutions, isn't it? Here's the sermon. 
If, you're, if you got one, you better do it. Because you're running out of time. You're running out of time. Don't waste your life. Here's the application, and I'm through. Here's some pastoral advice about applying our hearts to wisdom. Applying our hearts to wisdom is you better live each day with wisdom and understanding that our days are numbered, our days are short, our time is running out. So since we know that and be aware of that, and David prayed that I'd be aware of that, and since we're seeking God that I might know how short my life is, I'm going to apply my heart to wisdom. How, how can we do that? Number one, yesterday is gone. Don't waste your time living in the past. It's gone, amen? Do not waste any more time living in the past. Yesterday is gone. Forever it is gone. Now, if you've come to Jesus Christ for forgiveness, what the devil will do to you oftentimes is bring up your past and the sins you did in your youth or your yesterdays, and he's going to make you feel unworthy, and he's going to try to imply that you ain't good enough, and he's going to make you feel insecure spiritually. Listen, if God can separate your sins as far as the east is to the west, then surely if God can forgive you, then you need to forgive yourself. Yesterday is gone. Leave it in the past. Because we're running out of time, and we don't have any days left, and what's done is done, and it is illogical, it is unspiritual, and it is unbiblical to dwell in the yesterday. We need to leave it there. We don't have the days left to ruin our days by worrying about what happened a month ago. We might not have a month left. And if Jesus in his infinite, amazing logic on the Sermon on the Mount, when he said that we should not worry about tomorrow because we don't know there's enough evil in today and we don't know what's going to happen tomorrow, then surely then if we shouldn't worry about what might be, we surely should stop worrying about what can never be because it's in the past. Stop worrying about yesterday. Apply your heart to wisdom. It's a tale that's been told. The chapter's been written. It's time to move on. And the good news is, if you're still living, the story is being written. And God can turn your story around, can He? And what's started out bad, if you turn your life to Jesus Christ, He can make it amazing at the end. The first two chapters might be terrible, but God hasn't finished writing the story yet. So don't worry about the past anymore. Jesus can forgive your past. What's happened is done, and let's live for today, amen? Because what's happened has already happened. Isaiah 43, 18, listen to this passage. Remember ye not the former things, nor consider the things of old. Philippians 3, 13. Forgetting those things which are behind, Paul said. Let's forget them. Let's press on towards the mark of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Let's forget the former days. Amen? I say this a lot, but there's a lot of days, if you're like me, I wish I could live them again. There's a lot of memories that I should not have. There's a lot of things... I should not have done. There's a lot of things I should not have said. You with me? There's a lot of things 
I should have never done. But Jesus died on Mount Calvary to save me from my sins. And if God in Christ can forgive me and wash away my sins, then the gospel of Jesus Christ is giving me and you permission to walk in newness of life and to follow Jesus uncumbered by the past. If God can take all of your sins and throw them into the sea of God's forgetfulness, and if God can forget because of Jesus, then you can move on because of Jesus. Let's move forward. Because what's done is done. And He's paid for it all. Amen? Number two. How do I apply my heart to wisdom? Number one, don't waste the energy living in the past. Number two, let's live in the present. Jesus said in John 9, 4, I must work the works of Him that sent me while it is today, the night cometh when no man can work. The night comes when no man can work. Today's the day. The Bible is a two-day book. The Bible says in, in, math, in uh, Matthew chapter Hebrews chapter 3, verse 15, Today, if you'll hear His voice, harden not your hearts. Today, if you hear God's voice, don't harden your heart against God. 2 Corinthians 6, 2, Behold, now is the accepted time. Today is the day of salvation. It's right now. Matthew 24, 44, Jesus said, Therefore be ye also ready, for in such an hour as you think not the Son of Man cometh, be ready today. Amen? Today. If you're going to do something for God, you'd better do it now. Now. Or you'll never be happy. If God is calling you to do it today, you'd better do it today. Because you're not promised tomorrow. Amen? Any of us live long enough to know that? Been to enough funerals, haven't we? Been to, enough, been to enough hospital visits? It's true, isn't it? I wonder how many young people you've seen in an ambulance, right, Cindy? A lot. Not promised tomorrow. Whatever you're going to do for God, you better do it today. You better do it now. If you are lost this morning, you're unsaved, you don't know Jesus as your Savior, and you're living in your past, and you think your past is overcoming today, and you think because of your sins are so great and so gross, so vile, so nasty, so wretched, that you can't ever be right with God, listen to me. Today is the day of salvation. It's today. Today. It's right now. If God is calling you today, harden not your hearts. Today is the day, irregardless of yesterday. I'm glad today that God is a two-day God, aren't you? It's today. Christian, if God is calling you to do something today, you'd better do it. Because we spend our days as a tale that's told. If you're ever going to get right with God, you better do it today. Because before you know it, there's going to be a thousand yesterdays from this point on. We're running out of time. Today is the day. If you're ever going to read your Bible through in a year, you better do it. You better do it. Because how many years have you lived and maybe you haven't? It's here today. It's gone tomorrow, isn't it? Lastly, how do we apply our hearts to wisdom? 
Number one, we don't live in the past. Number two, we live in the present today. Today. If you're going to do it today, if you're going to do something for God, you better do it today. Amen? Number three, how do we apply our hearts to wisdom? We also live towards the future. We don't live in the past. We lived in today, but we keep an eye on eternity, don't we? And that makes a lot of sense. Because especially if you're past middle age, this might be depressing to some of you. Some of you might think this is a depressing sermon. What are you saying? I'm old? Well, maybe you are. <laughs> Praise God if you are. Amen? Did you want to die in your 20s? Praise the Lord. You made it past it, right? But can't you also say this? Can't you say to a young person, and can't your heart agree with this? You better get right with Jesus today. Because eternity could be tomorrow. It's important that a man wants to die and after this to judgment, isn't it? And some of you might think you're never going to die. But there's been people who thought that 200 years ago. And right now they're rotting in the grave. We better keep an eye out for eternity too. So the choices I make today are going to affect not only this day, but it's going to affect tomorrow. And the choices that you make today are going to have an everlasting significance in your life. I remember one time Brother Bunny told a story. You still with me? Still digesting Christmas ham, aren't you? <laughs> I remember one time Brother Bunny told a story about this man who was sitting in a church service like you are today, and the invitation was given and the gospel plea was made, and he heard the gospel for whosoever believeth on him should not perish, but have everlasting life. And if I remember correctly, my pastor told me, because everybody should have a pastor, my pastor told me that I believe it was, it was him preaching and he knew that man was lost. And that man that day didn't make a decision for Christ, and he should have. Would you agree with that? He should have done it. Because if it wasn't that night, it wasn't very many nights after that, that man died on his motorcycle. And if, it hadn't, if he had not have repented and believed the gospel since he heard the gospel, that man heard a clear gospel sermon three days before he passed away on a motorcycle. Listen, if you ride a motorcycle, you better be right with Jesus, number one. But that choice that he made had an eternal significance on his life. And that day he could have been born again, but three days later, most likely... He lift his eyes in hell and was tormented in that flame. If you're going to do something, you better do it today. If you've never been born again, you better do it today. If you've never read your Bible, you better get started. Because you know what? If God gives us another year to live, a year from now we're going to be right back here today. And you could have read your Bible in a year. Do you hear the sermon in the sermon? Read your Bible because you're running out of time. That we may apply our hearts to wisdom because our days are numbered and every day we live we're running out of them. I hope this is convicting. From my point of view, it seems convicting. From where I'm at, it seems challenging. From where I stand, it seems urgent. I hope you agree with me. 
I hope you agree with the urgency of the message. I could have easily, hey, you better make your New Year's resolution because you got time, but really it should be you better resolve to know God because you're running out of time. You're running out of time. You see the difference? This should be our response. I better hurry. If you're a young person, you better know the Creator in the days of your youth before the evil days come, before hard days come, before you're a middle-aged parent and you're stressed out of your mind and you're running out of money and you don't have any sleep and you don't know what to do and you don't feel like you can make it, you better have faith in a God who knows how to take care of you because you're going to need Him. If you're 20 years old, if I, if what I wouldn't give to be 20 years old again with what I know now. Amen, older people? Oh, don't waste your life. Don't waste your life. Don't ruin your life. Follow Jesus. What does that mean? It means do what Jesus says. That's what it means. And the only way you're going to know how to do what Jesus says, you're going to have to read the Bible. <laughs> read your Bibles. 1 Corinthians chapter 7 will teach you who to marry. Jesus has a lot to say about marriage and divorce and relationships. How will we know how to live? Ephesians chapter 5, Ephesians chapter 6 will teach you how to love your wife, how to love your husband and raise your kids because nobody else is going to tell you and if you're not going to do it, there's going to be trouble ahead. Oh, what I wouldn't be to be 20 years, what I wouldn't give to be 20 years old again. I'd love to be 18 years old and have the opportunity to read my Bible through. Right, older folks? Amen. We spend our days as a tale that's told. And before we know it, it'll be gone, won't it? Won't it, Nelda? Be gone. Be gone. Let's stand to our feet this morning. Maybe there's a need in your heart to come and pray. I want you to feel welcome to do that. I want you to come pray. I was thinking, I, I watched some of the live stream of uh, Pastor Clarence Sexton the faithful pastor of the Temple Baptist Church. And I listened to what they had to say about him. And even him, I thought, his life is over. It's over. Whatever he did is done. It's over. Whatever legacy he had, it's settled. That's the way it is. It's over. I wonder if... Brother Clarence Sexton could come back today, what he would tell us now. He'd say, you'd better hurry and follow Jesus. You better quickly make it right with God. You are running out of time. Don't waste your life. If you're here in this building this morning and you're not a Christian, you've not repented, you've not believed the gospel, you've not trusted in the finished work of Jesus Christ, I wouldn't live another day according to your own way. I wouldn't risk another 20 years not knowing Jesus. Don't waste your life. Repent and believe the gospel. Brother Bunny lived his life in scone. One of these days they're going to say it about me. They're going to say it about you. We're going to look at pictures. We was joking in Sunday school. My mother and I, we joke, me and Sean, we take a picture, and if it's a good one, my mother will say, that'll be good at the funeral. Be good one.
You look at those funeral slides, it's a tale that's told, isn't it? You got baby pictures, you got high school pictures, you got girlfriend pictures, you got wedding pictures, you got kid pictures. And then there, then there we are. And it's over. It'll be over soon, you know it? Do you know Jesus as your Savior? Because if you don't, you're risking eternity. And as a Christian, it'll be over soon. I want my life to matter, Jason. I want it to matter. I want my life to matter for Jesus. I want my kids to be able to say that my dad was a man of God. I want that in my life. Bad. I want my wife to respect me. I want my wife, to, when she sees me coming back from the mailbox, for her every once in a while, peek out the window and say, that's my man. That's what I want. I do. When I'm old and wobbly, I want to just feel the same way. That my man is a man of God. And I'm worried about it. Are you worried about that? I'm worried about it. I want Jesus Christ to have complete rule and reign, don't you? I want that so bad. Do you want it? Then you better get started because you're running out of time. Well, I've ran out of time. Your patience is gone. <laughs> Follow Jesus. Let's sing together. Amen. You think about it. Please think about it. You pray about it.